Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Yes! Across all of our campuses, what's up, Seymour? What's up, Franklin? What's up, Garfield Park? What's up, Banta? What's up, everybody watching online? And of course, everyone here at Greenwood. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Come on, it's the New Year. Let's clap for the New Year. Let's give it up for all of our first-time guests. Thank you for watching today. We're so glad that you're here. And so we are in a new year, but we're not in a new series, okay? Pastor Danny is going to be bringing a brand new series next week called Not a Fan. He's going to bring it. We're also going to be talking about our fast. That If you've been coming to Emmanuel for a while, you know we fast every January to seek God. He's going to talk more about that next week. But I get to bring to you an espresso shot. Was it just a one jolt? One week thing that is going to propel us into the week. But really, what I'm hoping is that this talk will propel, will move us into 2022. That it will be an espresso shot for the whole year. Like you're just going to be drinking espresso every week based off this talk. All right. I just believe that. I believe God has something for us to get us ready for 2022. And so, you know, as I was praying, seeking God, what to talk about this first week of the new year, I'm so thankful that the church is allowing me to to speak the first week. Uh, You know, I started thinking about movies. That's right. God brought me to movies about movies that we like. And, you know, a lot of the movies that we like deal with like time, like, you know, back to the future. We're going to go in the future. We're going to in the past. Terminator, the robot comes to, you know, try to stop, you know, from them getting destroyed. But then they go into the past to try to change all this. And then I started thinking about Groundhog Day, right? Where, you know, it just, the day just repeats over and over and over again. Or I started thinking about the Marvel franchise, right? Where how they combine all these years and all these movies together. And then, you know, Thanos comes and he snaps his fingers and then they have to go back to change it. And by the way, if I'm spoiling it for you, go b- watch the movies. It's, it's, it's past that, okay? But then Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man, like all the dimensions are intertwined and all this. And then in that movie, what happens is, I'm not going to tell you that. I, I, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to. But, but time is, a, is an important thing in lots of movies. And we enjoy that. It's the same even in our life right now, like escape rooms. We love escape rooms, right? Like, you know, you got a certain amount of time, and if you get out on time, it's like, look, we're smart. And if you don't get out on time, it's like, we're not smart. (laughs) We love escape rooms. Or we love the Olympics. We love the Olympics. We love watching people break world records. And it seems like it happens all the time because people are dieting better. They're getting stronger. And so we love that. And there's clocks everywhere. Teachers love time. You know, you've got 30 minutes to complete this test. So we, time is everywhere. And I think as humans, we understand this because even if we don't always realize this, we realize that time is our most valuable currency. Time really is our most valuable currency. And what do I mean by currency? Well, currency is just the circulation as a medium of exchange. And what that means is you're always exchanging your time for something, right? And so since we exchange time, 
It's a currency. And it actually is the most valuable thing that we exchange. It is. It's more valuable than money. It's more valuable than gold. It's more valuable than our possessions, the things that we exchange here. Time is our most valuable currency. And why is that? Well, first, it's because time is short. Why is it time valuable? It's because time is short. You know, even if you live the average life expectancy of an American citizen, which is somewhere around 70 years, that's not very long in the grand scheme of existence. You know, Betty White just passed away. She was 99. Even her, like, that's not that long in the grand scheme of existence. And some of us don't even get to there. Many of us won't get there. Time is short. It's why the psalmist says this in Psalms like, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Time is short. It's also our most valuable currency because we never know how much time we'll have. We all think that we're going to get to that average life expectancy, but we're not guaranteed that. Young people, let me tell you something today. You're not guaranteed that. We never know how much time we have. Jesus actually tells a parable about this, about he's getting ready to return. He's talking about when he returns to earth. By the way, when he returns, time will be over as we know it as well. But he's also talking about our time, like our time is going to be up at some point. We never know how much time. He, he tells these bridesmaids that have these lamps, okay? Five of them brought extra lamp oil in case the bridegroom was late. Five of them did not. And so the bridegroom actually shows up late, and the ones that brought extra lamp oil were prepared and ready to go with him to the wedding feast. But the other five were like, no, we don't have enough. Can you give us extra? And they're like, we don't have enough. So they had to go back to buy some more lamp oil so that they could travel. And by the time they get there, the wedding feast has already started. It's already begun. And they knock on the doors, and it's like, it's closed. You're too late. And so what Jesus is trying to remind us in this parable is that once he comes back, once our time is done on this earth, it's done. And you don't know when that's going to be. So that makes time very valuable, which also reminds us that once time is gone, it's gone. Like this hour of preaching, this hour of speaking that I have right now, once it's gone, it's gone. I don't get it back. You don't get it back. The worship set that we just had, we don't get to worship God again. It's, it's done in that moment. The, like 2021, December 2021, Christmas 2021, it's over with. We don't get it back. Once time is gone, it's gone. This is why the psalmist says this, our time, our days on earth, or our time on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone as though we had never been here. What's the psalmist trying to say? They're trying to say, look, we're like flowers. We bloom and then we're gone. Or the day when it comes and it goes, it's gone. The wind blows, it's over with. Once time's gone, it's gone. But then he goes on to say this, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. Like this is what remains. His salvation extends to his children's children. So that leads me to my next point of why time is our most valuable currency is because this is telling us that eternity is dependent on our time. Your eternity is based off the time right now. Other people's eternities are based off the time right now. That's why in Paul speaking to the Roman church, he, he's speaking to them and he says, look, love your neighbor as yourself. 
love covers a multitude of sins in Romans 13. And then he kind of closes his little section in Romans 13 with this. This is all the more urgent that you love, that you move forward, that you do kingdom work. For you know how late it is. Time's running out. Wake up for our salvation is near. Like Jesus is either coming back or he's calling us home. It's nearer now than when we first believed. Time... How we exchange our time really is the most valuable currency because it's short. We don't know how much of it we have. Once it's gone, it's gone. And eternity is based on our time. But if we're being honest today, if I'm being honest, we waste our time. We waste our time. Now, please hear me. I'm not talking about things that we have to do. That's not wasting your time. Let me give you some examples. If you work an average work week, 40 to 50 hours a week in your life, by the way, you should work. The Bible, can, the word tells us we should work. Work is important. It's not wasting your time. Now, some of you may think you need to change your job. That's a different conversation. But anyways, working itself is not wasting your time. You will spend, if you live the average life expectancy, you will spend 13 years and two months of your life working. It's true. It's true. Do you know sleep? If you sleep eight hours a day, like you should, you will spend a third of your life sleeping. No matter how long you live, you will spend a third of your life sleeping. That's important. You know, going to the bathroom is not wasting your time. You have to go to the bathroom. It's very important. And men, do you know that you will spend 373 days of your life in the bathroom? That's 23 minutes a day. It's true. It's true. Women, you're going to be spending 456 days of your life in the bathroom. That's about 29 minutes a day. And some of you, you're spending extra time in the bathroom because you're scrolling, okay? So why don't I just get to that real quick? Speaking of wasting our time, did you know the average American will spend 44 years of their life in front of a screen? Half of that time in unproductive time. That means 22 years of your life will be spent on unproductive screen time. Movies, Netflix, like, like the average person spends nine hours of their life in front of a TV screen. The average person, this was before COVID, spent 143 minutes on social media. Now, if you want me to do the math, that's over two hours a day. That's before COVID. Scrolling just through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The average child will spend about 12 hours to 15 hours of their week on hobbies or sports or some extracurricular activity. Again, I'm not saying any of these things are necessarily bad in themselves. I'm just saying we waste our time, including myself. It's embarrassing when I get the little how much screen time I have on my phone and when I see it and then I see which thing is the top thing. You know what the top thing is? Some of you don't even know what this is. It's not social media. It's Hearthstone. If you don't know what that is, it's a game. It's a card strategy game where you can build your decks and you compete against other people. And I'm an absolute nerd, but I spend a lot of time on it. I waste my time. I do. I do it. We all do it. And that is why I love what Bill Watterson, he's the comic that wrote Calvin and Hobbes, he says this, there's not enough time to do all the nothing we want to do. <laughs> I love that. 
You know, Jesus talks about this when he's talking about the parable of the farmer with seed, and the seed is the message of God, the good things of God, and, and people are spreading the seed across, and he talks about one soil that the ground's too hard, and the enemy just takes it away, and then he talks about this one seed that sprouts with the sun, and the rocks kind of beat on it, and that's the trials and tribulations of life, and so then they don't produce any fruit. And then there's the fourth seed where it it falls on good soil, and it produces a crop, and it produces fruit, and that's the seed we want to be when we hear God's Word and all that. But he talks about this third seed that I want to focus on that that sprouts in the ground, but all of a sudden the thorns of life come and kind of suck it away so it doesn't produce fruit. And this is what that means. Jesus says, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life the lure of wealth, desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. What he's saying is, is these people, us, me, we're wasting our time and then we don't produce fruit. Like, you know, we, we work longer than we should because we're trying to get a bunch of wealth because that will make us happy. We're going to the ball diamond every weekend because we're trying to make sure our kid gets a scholarship or because that's what everyone else is doing. So we go there. We spend our time scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Some of you are even scrolling right now as I speak. And we're wasting our time. You know, C.S. Lewis, I love C.S. Lewis. He was an author back in the 1940s during World War II. And he was an atheist and then he became a Christian. And he wrote this book called The Screwtape Letters around the 1940s that deal with this demon called Screwtape who's teaching this younger demon how to distract us humans and keep us away from doing the things that we should do. And his protege's name was Wormwood. Wormwood was his name. And so he's talking to Wormwood, Screwtape is, and he says this about us humans. He says this, you find that anything or nothing is sufficient to attract his, her, human beings' wandering attention. You no longer need a good book, which they really like, to keep him from his prayers or from his work or his sleep. A column of advertisements in yesterday's paper will do. Man, that sounds like all the advertisements we deal with and social media. This was in the 1940s he wrote this. You can make him waste his time, not only in conversations with people they enjoy, but in conversations with those he cares nothing about on subjects that bore him. Hello, Twitter. Hello, Facebook. Instagram. He wrote this in the 1940s. You can make him do nothing at all for long periods. You can keep him late at night, not roastering, but staring at a dead fire in a cold room. But all the healthy and outgoing activities, like the spiritual things, like the kingdom of God things, which we want him to avoid, can be inhabited and nothing given in return, so that at last they may say, as one of my own patients said on his arrival down here, he's speaking of hell, I now see that I spent most of my life in doing neither what I ought nor what I liked. That's us. That's me. We're wasting our time. And time is the most valuable currency, the most valuable thing that we can exchange, give. 
because it's short. We don't know how much we have. Once it's gone, it's gone, and eternity is based off of it. So if that's the case, but we're wasting it, what should we do with our time then? What should we do with our time? And it's this, our time should reflect everlasting things. Or even in your notes, you can write this. It should our time can reflect everlasting things because we get to choose. It should and it can reflect everlasting things. Now, what do I mean by everlasting things? Well, first, I mean spiritual, spiritual things. Hello, welcome to church. <laughs> spiritual things. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean like the Bible. You're going to hear us talk about this all the time, like reading the Word of God. Did, did you know that the biggest group of percentage of people, this is a study, the biggest group of people, 25% of Christians, I'm just saying Christians, people who say they follow Jesus, spend about 15 to 20 minutes in their Bible. Some percentage of people is a little bit higher than that, but everybody else is below the 25%, 15, 20 minutes a day. So I wonder why there's not a lot of fruit being produced even in the church. Like, why isn't there love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and all of the good fruit? Why do we not see that in churches? Well, probably because we're spending more time watching Fox and CNN and Twitter than getting in the Word of God. And by the way, if you're reading your Bible for 20, 25 minutes, great job. Keep it up. Maybe God wants you to go even deeper with him. If you're not, here's what I'm asking you. Man, spend five, spend 10, spend 15 minutes, start somewhere. But I promise you this, your life will look a lot different. You'll have a lot more peace if you read the Bible. Like, don't just read authors who talk about the Bible. Like, read it yourself. It's an everlasting thing. It lasts forever, the Word of God. You know, how about this one? Maybe we should spend our time in prayer. Do you know people who spend their time in prayer actually have and actually live longer? They have healthier lifestyles, and they actually live longer. It's true. Google search it. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's why. B because they're giving their anxieties, they're giving their depression... They're, they're praying, they're getting those things off their chest so that they're not as worried about things. They're not as, like prayer helps calm you. But you know, most of us, what we do is we go talk to a friend, we go talk about a situation, we go on Facebook and we start typing. Instead of getting on our knees first and talking to God about it. Like, what would happen? What would happen if just this crowd at this campus and at all of our other campuses and everybody online just became people of prayer? Here's what I believe God would move. Like, let me, let me challenge you. Like, well, let me ask you something, dads. When was the last time you got on your knees for your family? Let me ask a question, moms. When was the last time you got on your knees for your family or your friends? How about, how about single people in the room? When was the last time you prayed for even other single people or people who are sick or, or maybe prayed that God would bring you the right man or right woman or, or maybe dump the wrong person? Like, like, turn the car radio down then and pray in the car. Get on your knees at home, pray with your family. Teach your children that nothing's more important than prayer. Like teenagers, when was the last time you prayed for your parents instead of arguing with them? Like, like, 
You know, Jesus goes up to a mountain with two of his disciples, uh, three of his disciples, and then he comes down, and other disciples are trying to, you know, heal uh, this boy who is possessed by a demon, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus is like, oh, you faithless people. And they're like, why couldn't we do it? And he's like, this one can only be cast out by prayer. I wonder how many of our issues need to be casted out, but they can't because we're not doing an everlasting thing, which is praying today. What would God, I bet you all of our campuses would be full. I bet you there'd be 10,000 people watching online if we just prayed. You know, another everlasting thing is church. That's right, church, this place, right here. But we like to spend our time on the lake or hunting or sports diamonds or whatever reason is, we can't make it a church. And there shouldn't even be an excuse anymore because we've got online church now. You should never miss a week, ever. But, you know, church is an everlasting thing uh, because Jesus says this to Peter, you'll be the rock that I build my church on. You know, Jesus calls his church his bride. Now, most of us may not even know that because we're not reading our Bibles. But the church is the most important thing. Like, Jesus died for his church. His church is everlasting. And can I tell you, the church is not perfect. Can I tell you, Emmanuel's not perfect. Can I tell you, I'm not perfect. Sometimes people are going to hurt you. I may even hurt you. You know what's so great about that is the church is the place where you learn how to forgive people, how to move forward, how, how you, you know, when somebody hits you on the left cheek, then you turn the right cheek. You know, things that God tells us. This is what happens when you're at church. And can I just tell you, if maybe Emmanuel's not the place you want to call your home church, and there's too many things that you can't agree with or fill in the blank, that's totally fine. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Go to a different church. I bet you didn't think I'd say that today. Like, but here's the thing. Go to a church, be there, and be part of it. Because it's an everlasting thing. How about this? Small groups. You know small groups are an everlasting thing? You know why? Because they keep you accountable. I don't always like it because I'll be sitting there and someone's like, hey, Aaron, I think your attitude needs to be changed a little bit. Hey, I'm the pastor. Stop talking to me. (laughs) It's good. Small groups keep you accountable. They also help you in your time of need when poop hits the ceiling. And by the way, in the last two years, there's been a lot of poop hit in the ceiling, right? (laughs) So we need people to come around and surround us. And guess what? I can't do that for everybody. Pastor Danny can't do that for everybody. But a small group can. A small group's an everlasting thing. You know what else is an everlasting thing? Serving others. Joining the impact team. Giving things away. Like serving and giving your time away to other people. You know what's really funny about that is people be like, well, I don't have time to serve. Or I don't have time to join a small group. Can I just say something real quick? You're lying. You're lying. Can I just be a pastor today? You're lying. You know how I know you're lying? Let's be honest. What you're really saying is, is you have different priorities. You're exchanging your time for something else. That's okay. But let's just talk about it. Because, because serving others and giving to others and moving forward, that's going to last into eternity. That's an everlasting thing. Your kid's scholarship... The extra money, it's all getting burned up in the end. It is. So we should start focusing our lives on spiritual things because they last. And then you know the other thing that lasts forever? People. 
You, you, you know the other spiritual thing? You know the other thing that's everlasting? Spiritual and people. Like, people last into eternity, forever. Our souls, our spirits will go somewhere. Like, your family, even the family you don't like, that you just had Christmas with, <laughs> will last into eternity. Your friends will last into eternity. The referees at games will last into eternity. The restaurant workers will last into eternity. By the way, can I say something about that? You know, I went, I've been to Chick-fil-A and I've been to Olive Garden recently and I have seen people yell at these people for it's not on time and my food's not right and ah! Can I, can I say something? I believe that the next time I see that, Jesus Christ has given me permission to backhand those people <laughs> in the face. And if you're one of those people, you should repent right now in the name of Jesus. This is a church that forgives. It's okay. I know. But here's why I'm telling you that. You should be thanking those people that they're working. And that they're trying to get you their fried chicken. Stop yelling at them. Stop it. They're a person. They're a person. How about this? Stop yelling at the person who cuts you off in traffic. Maybe they meant it. Maybe they did it. I don't know. But stop it. You know why? Because it's a person. Stop yelling at healthcare workers. Because when you go in there, you, I don't care what you think about the mask situation. Can I just be honest? I don't care where you're at on the, the situation. Here's where I do care about it. When you go into a hospital, it's required to wear a mask. So stop yelling at people. Stop it. What's so hard about it? Put the mask on. Put it on. Who cares? Stop yelling at people. They don't even make the rules half of the people. You know why? Because God cares about them. And they will last into eternity. And yet here we are. Like, hey, there's some family members that you need to forgive. Can I tell you? Just forgive them. I know, it's hard. I get it. I know life doesn't go the way what, but they're people, and I know people are hard. Trust me, I'm a pastor. <laughs> people are hard. People sometimes have said mean things to me. People who used to be my friends aren't my friends anymore. But guess what? God calls me to love them because in the end, some of those people who don't like me right now, they're still going to be in heaven with me, praising Jesus all the same because of Jesus Christ. Hey, you know who else is going to be in heaven? The Republican you don't like. Uh-oh. You know who else is going to be in heaven? The Democrat that you don't like. It's just true. It's true. And here we are spending our time arguing, getting mad at each other, doing all this stuff that has no gospel-driven thing whatsoever. That is why Paul says this in Romans 13, or not Romans 13, yeah, Romans 13. It says, so be careful how you live. This is actually in Ephesians. I already did Romans. <laughs> so be careful how you live. Paul has to talk about this in a lot of books, all right? I'm just telling you, because he's got to remind us. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of all the time you have in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, 
but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't waste your time. That's what the enemy wants us to do. That's what Screwtape was saying in the C.S. Lewis book. Just get them distracted. Get them to waste their time. Get them to argue. Do this stuff. But not focus on kingdom things, everlasting things. You know where we realize that time is the most valuable currency? You know where we realize this the most? At funerals. At funerals. And you know, I have done more funerals, I have been a part of more in the last two years than I think all the other nine years combined that I've been in ministry. And it's not just COVID related, everyone's gonna be like, well, it's COVID. No, it's, it's not all COVID. Actually, it's more than that. Suicide, addiction, tragic accidents, murder, cancer, just old age. Did my, we did our grandfather's funeral, my grandfather's funeral this past year. I had a friend who was 34. I was talking to him about fantasy football because he was smoking me that night. That same night, he passed away. They don't even know why he passed away. I've done funerals for children recently. Here, here's what I mean to tell you today. We're not guaranteed anything. If there's something COVID should teach us, it's not to fight with each other. It's to help us realize that time is the most valuable currency that we have. Because we are not guaranteed anything. So my question for us today into 2022, as we get ready to go into it, is this question. How will you spend your time? We get to choose. Will you spend it on everlasting things? And let me tell you, spending your life on everlasting things looks weird to the world. But can I just say something? Maybe as a church, we should look a little weirder, right? Like where people are like, why are they doing all that stuff? Because of Jesus Christ, because it's the only thing that lasts. Maybe we need to spend our time and treat people a little bit better. Even the people who've hurt us so that the kingdom of God can be moved forward in 2022. You know, I could think of nothing better, something that is not wasting your time at all. And that's today if you haven't put your trust into Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus came to this earth and knew that we needed a savior, knew we needed a new path, knew we needed a new way to live. And so he lived the way that you and I couldn't, perfect, sinless, Talk about someone who didn't waste his time. And then he went to the cross to die for you and me because he knew that we would be selfish, narcissistic, spend our time on ourselves. But he rose again to show that he conquered sin, death, and the graves. Conquered all of it. So that anyone who puts their trust in him can live with him, speak of everlasting, everlasting with him but also bring his kingdom down to this earth and live differently. And so I want to give every single person across all of our campuses watching online that opportunity today to receive Jesus as their Savior, to put all their trust in him, not their trust in themselves, not their trust in other people, not even their trust in institutions, but their trust in Jesus Christ. And 
it's not the prayer that saves you, but it's the, it's the heart behind it. It's the putting your trust in him. And so you can say something like this to God today. God, I know today that I'm a messed up person. I sin. I waste my time. And yet, you're calling me today to trust in you. That it's not about what I do, but it's about what you did. And that you went to the cross and you died for me to take these mistakes, these sin on the cross so that then I could live with you in eternity because you rose again. But also because I can change right now. You can help guide me, change me to to produce fruit, fruit of the kingdom. And so today I'm putting all of my hope and all of my trust in you, Jesus, in you, Jesus, alone. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for giving me hope in a world that desperately needs it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And as a church, can we give it up for all those people who made that decision? We have something for you. It's called our Saved Box, and we're going to ask you to text SAVED to 65248. And if you're at one of our campuses, you can go to our information desk, and we will get you one of these. So go to the information desk. If you're online, we will mail it to you. Again, text SAVED to 65248. It's got a Bible in there. It's got a coffee mug in there. It's got your next steps in there. So please, if you made that decision, text SAVED to 65248. It's the best decision you can ever make. Church, can we give it up again for all those people who made that decision? And so I pray today that in 2022, we will not waste our time. Your time is the most valuable currency that you have. We don't know how much we'll have. It's short. Once it's gone, it's gone. And eternity is based on our time right here, right now. Will you join with me today as we pray to close? And then I'll hand it off to our local teams. God, we thank you. We thank you that it's a new year. We thank you that every new year, every single day brings new mercies. God, you are so forgiving. Thank you, God, that you forgive me, that you forgive us. God, help us not waste our time. Help us realize that time is our most valuable currency. Help us use it for everlasting things in 2022. We love you. We praise you and we give you all the glory and all of God's people said in the name of Jesus, amen. I'm gonna turn it over to our local teams. See you later.